So I'm trying this out here. It says that if I click on a comment, you can see it on the screen. So I click on comment. Here I'm clicking on another comment. And this oath of May, you email me all the time. Thank you. Matter of fact, for all of you that email us all the time. Let me make sure. I don't even know if my mic is working here. Maybe somebody can. We're having trouble streaming to Facebook. This may be an issue on Facebook. Is it possible streams ended or deleted on Facebook? We'll keep trying to let you know if it's resolved. Please check Facebook to ensure the stream looks okay. If this continues for a while, I don't know. Let me see. I know you're there. Okay, let's say I'm going to click view on Facebook. Your broadcast on Facebook, close Facebook when you're live. You need Facebook unmuted so you don't hear yourself. Nah. I won't. I won't go back to this. <laughs> Stand is late at 625. Yes, yes, I know. It's not late. It starts at 630. I'm just early. Hello, Mitch. I figured out how to do this comment thing. It's a privilege. Thank you, Oath of May. Uh, okay, I'll look at it. <laughs> That's from Sean. I told him that Facebook says it's not streaming to Facebook. How do you pronounce that? C-Q-F-E? Q-F-E? Okay, so hi to Russ. And... Somebody knows how to talk Texan when they say good evening, y'all. Uh, so that's Brenda and Otha May and Stance. Uh, hola. Okay. Well, I will say shalom. I'll explain that when the time comes. Otha May. Look at it. Let's say I'm goofy. Hello, my favorite time of the week. <laughs> okay, damn. Okay, excellent, excellent. By the way, I've got my Benjamin Malwa dog right here. So if somebody comes to the door or there's any kind of noise, you might get to hear her bark. So we're going to try to see if she'll be quiet during it. Brendo from Ohio. Yeah, where are you guys from? Uh, hello from Romania. Oh, wow. Okay, so how do you pronounce your name? Cat Daddy? Hello, Brother Stan, Ruth K. Well, this is kind of fun, man. 
Mitchell McCall still at work listening at headphones. Let's get into this thing. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, let's see. It is 6.30. Okay, so let's get going. Put my cell phone back on charger and we'll get going. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. And Lord, we know that wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You revealeth the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with you. And Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name because you said wherever two or more gathered, there you are in the midst of them. And Lord, we ask that you would open up our eyes to the scriptures. No one can know and understand these scriptures just by ink on paper. It is a spirit, your Holy Spirit, that reveals it to us. So Lord, we ask you to show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand it. Help us to remember and prepare us for the days ahead. You would use us in the days ahead. And that when this life is over, we would all hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm, I'm new to this. And I'm not very good at it. I, I'm not a, not a real techie guy. But anyway, I'm going to try to keep watch over here on these comments. Uh, and okay, here's Mitch says he's from West Texas. Uh, can dog barking tongues. <laughs> I don't know. We, see, we've got this little bitty Shih Tzu that's black and white, and then Leslie's got another medium-sized Shih Tzu. And for a Belgian Malinois that's 85 pounds, those are chew toys. But the little one's a big, loud mouth. And she she barks. When a, a new person comes in, she barks. And then, of course, they pet her. So the Belgian Malinois thinks, oh, that's how I get them to pet me as I bark. Well, the difference is her bark is loud enough where you can hear it a block away. And her teeth are like shark's teeth. So, you know, she comes up barking and people are about ready to run. And I have to tell them, no, 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 no. she's only wanting you to pet her because it doesn't sound like she's wanting you to pet her. Okay. Okay. Let's say uh, well, Mexican border. Wow. Wow. 77 degrees here. Uh, well, it's okay. How you, how you pronounce it, it does not matter. Okay. How does God confirm these things to you? I have an idea of how God may confirm things with me, but I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, I'm not certain of what things you're asking about. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, okay. All right. Let's, let's get going. So here's where we're going to do. We're going to pick up from where we left off. But when we get done with John, we're going to slap go right into Acts because it's kind of a continuation of the story. So, John 21.1. Give you a second to pull it up. John 21.1. Of course, if you don't have your own Bible, you can look on the screen with us. All right, so let's get going. It started here. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of, uh, of Cana in Galilee 
and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I go fishing. They say to him, we go all, we also go with thee. So they went forth and entered into the ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. Now, you have to understand that all of the Bible is repeating. Uh, Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. That which was is that thing which shall be. So this too is repeating. And here's where it's going to go. It's going to go to talk about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it was, see, it was, uh, see, Simon Peter said, I go fishing. So it was Simon Peter's idea to go fishing. And those people that think it's their idea to try to win souls to Jesus, they can fish all they want, but they'll catch nothing. Uh, Jesus said that a person cannot do anything of himself uh, for you to, to do anything. You have to abide in the vine. In other words, we have to be with Jesus in order to win souls. That's where it's going with this. So he says, I go fishing. And he went and entered the ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any meat? I've got to jump over here to, oh, wait here. Okay, okay, good, good. All right. Have you any meat? They answered, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. In other words, when Jesus tells us to do something, it's going to prosper. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. Meaning that when Jesus is in it, by the time this whole thing is all over, there's going to be a multitude of fishes. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, Is it the Lord? Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in the ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net of fishes. As soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on, and bread. Okay, so since we've got the little question air going out here, I'll ask you a question. What did the fire of coals represent? What did the fish represent that were caught in the net? When you get that answer, send it out there to me. Jesus said to them, bring of the fish which you have now caught. That's also part of the second plane. I'll go ahead and read, then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Simon Peter went up and drew the net uh, to land great, full of great fishes. 153. Uh, next question is, so what's the 153? And for all there were so many, yet was not yet, yet was not the net broken. Okay, now, before we get too far into it, let's jump up. Mm, well, I, I'm not very good at this. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if somebody answered or not. I'll go ahead and answer it. Okay, so, so what he says here, as soon as they would come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there. I think that that represents when Jesus blows the morning star down at the very end, because here is, cast the net on the right side of the ship, they cast it in, and then there was a, uh, where was it, 153 fish? Okay, bring the fish you have now caught. And the fish laid thereon and bread. That represents the marriage supper of the Lamb. Simon Peter went up and drew to the net. There was 153. I believe that when it's all done and over with, there'll be 153 
nations that are caught in that um, that net. Right now, I understand that there's something like one source says 190, another source says there's like 203 nations. But by the time it's all over, at his return, it's saying there'll be 153 nations. Yet for so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said that all the Father has given to me will come to me, and neither can anyone steal them out of my hand. Jesus said to them, come and dine. So again, this is the marriage supper of the Lamb. None of the disciples did ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and lion and fish likewise. By the way, are we on Facebook? Did we ever get that solved? I, if, if I open up Facebook, then it causes problems. So somebody let me know if we're on Facebook. Last time, Facebook had like almost 700 views. So it's very important we be on Facebook. Maybe Sean can text me and let me know if we're on Facebook. Okay. Okay, so let's get going. Come and dine, and none of the disciples dared ask him, Who art then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and the fish likewise? Again, that's representing the marriage supper of the Lamb when we see him, see him again on the feast of Pentecost, about four months from Armageddon. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said to them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said to them, Feed my lambs. Now, this is the first of three times. And at this point, Peter's, you know, just thought it was such a normal question. He didn't understand these were really, really serious questions. And he said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said to them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my sheep. And he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Then Peter realized, oh, this is serious. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Why? Because this was repealing the three times that Peter denied him standing in front of the fire warming himself just three days earlier. Verily, rarely. Again, every time it says verily, rarely, it's saying that this repeats twice. Uh, okay, I'll read those in just a second. Verily, rarely, a sandy day. When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest thither, whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, meaning you'll be crucified, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. He spake this signifying of what death he should glorify God. Now, let me read that again. Because most of us, if we're on the tribulation, or we're, if we're not in the tribulation, we're about to go in the tribulation. And so many of us want to think, man, I, you know, I, I don't want to be killed. I don't want to be tortured. So maybe we need to remember that 19th verse. Signifying what death he should glorify God. Sometimes our death can glorify God. If we do it right, if we don't deny him, and if we willingly give our life. And they overcame by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So it's very important that if death presents ourselves, we have to understand God's totally in control of that, and it would not be happening if it were not his will. So. 
if it's happening, he's going to give us the strength to be victorious in it. Because the Bible says he will not put us through anything that we can also, without, with the same way, make a, will, a way of escape, or he's going to give us the strength to be victorious in it. He's not going to put us into a situation just so we can fail. He's not going to do that. This spake he signifying what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said, follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. In other words, you don't need to know that. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that that disciple should not die, yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifieth of these things, and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they were should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Now, let's jump now to Acts. But let me check and see if there's any big questions I need. That's, that's what I'll do is I'll check for questions at the end of each chapter. Okay. No, you are not live on Facebook. Okay. Let me tell Sean, see if he can. He says he's in an area where there's not. So I'm going to try to see if he can get it. It says here, let me click that. I don't remember view on. No, I don't want to view on Facebook because then it just. Yeah, for some reason, it's not streaming on Facebook. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Maybe Facebook didn't like it. Too much Bible. So anyway, let's go to Acts. I don't see a question. Wait, 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 wait. He says it, it crashed and given an error on Sunday and still must not be working. I'll have to look at it deeper, whatever that is. Okay, so let's go to Acts 1.1. He says he will post the replay tonight. Acts 1.1, so the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto his apostles, whom he had chosen, to whom he had also showed himself alive, after his passion, by many fallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, the important part there is, let me jump back over to this version so you can see it, 40 days, okay? So he was seen of them 40 days. Ah, 40 days, okay, okay. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. 
When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of to, to the kingdom to Israel? Meaning, will you overthrow the Romans and will you make Israel a great kingdom like they really should be? Because that's what a lot of the people thought that they were going to do. They thought Jesus really was the king that was going to overthrow the Romans. And that's not true. It's not his time yet. He even said that. If, my, if it was my time, then my servants would fight for me. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. In other words, yeah, God, over 2,000 years before you're going to see that happen, he's not going to tell them that, but it's still too early. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In other words, in the upper room. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Now this is important. Okay, so Jesus is about to ascend. There's two angels. It says two men stood by them in white apparel. Now what they say is really, really important. Which also said, you men in Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? Now, here's what I want to show you. See that word same? That's real important. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come, so come in like manner as you have seen him going to heaven. Okay, how did he go? Let's back up. When they were beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So he was in a lamb body. He just had fish with the disciples. Uh, I drew a blank one. Thomas just felt the nail scars, okay? And he is taken up out of their sight in a cloud. What kind of body did he go up in? He went up in a lamb body, a normal body like we have here. He was not in his glorified body yet. Um, Thomas even felt the nail scars. He just had fish. Now, the angels say, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus shall so come in like manner. Meaning, the next time he comes down, he will return in a lamb body, probably wearing the same clothes he went up in because there's no time in heaven. So even though it's been some 2,000 years, and if it was in you know our time, the cloth 2,000 years old would be ashes, you know, just fall apart. So let me jump over here and show you something I have prepared for you. Take me just a second to get... I want to stop screen, and then I want to go to here, share screen, and I want to jump to here and share, and I want to go full screen so you can see it better. There we go. So the next time Jesus returns is on first fruits. He returns in a lamb body. He resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Israeli boys so says Leviticus 23, 10, 11, 12. And then he walks around with them for 50 days here. This is when the angel uh, that flies through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, preached to them that dwell on the earth, every people, nation, language, and tongue. 
saying, Fear God and give glory in him for the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him and made heaven and the earth and the fountains of water. Okay, all of that. Then on Pentecost is when the barley harvest or those 144,000 Jews and the wheat harvest, which is the Christians that have received Jesus, then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, we only get a, mar- a wedding garment. Now, at the end, some four months later, we'll get a white horse to return with Jesus on. Jesus is the groom. He's crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. He gets many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own blood, and a white horse. And also a name written, which no man know but he himself. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, he's brought before the ancient of days. He has given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed, that all people, nations, and languages shall serve and obey him. This is where he comes forth, and he serves us. He may even wash our feet. Now, I don't know how that's going to work. But the whole point of that is to show us that in the kingdom of heaven, we put everybody else ahead of ourselves. And it's based upon love, not us first, but you first and not based upon pushing people around, but, but, but love. Then about four months later, this is where, by the way, he has changed from becoming the Lamb of God to become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's changed from becoming the Prince of the Kings of the Earth to become the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is where he is given the morning star, and he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, the same will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter, they should be broken to shivers or ashes, even as I received of my father. This is where he receives it. Receive my father, and I will give him the morning star. Jesus gets the morning star here. We get all of our rewards out here. Our rewards, our mantles, our crowns, whatever it is, and the morning star, if that's part of what we get. Daniel 12, 4 says, And he that turns many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. All of that shining happens out here in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Now, let me jump back to this. And I've got uh, Sam still working on getting this down a little bit smoother. Share screen, go back to scripture. Okay. <clears throat> now, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you to heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him going to heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the uh, mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were coming in, they went up to upper room where they abode both Peter and James and John, and Andrew and Philip, Thomas Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, Now, the church that I grew up in, they didn't believe in that Holy Ghost stuff, speaking in tongues. And they said, Oh, well, all of the miracles stopped in the upper room with just the 12 people that were in the upper room. But how many people were in the upper room? How many people were in the upper room? Here it says, The number of names together were about 120. That wasn't 12. That was about 120 people in the upper room. Let me just tell you, speaking in tongues, it did not stop in the upper room. The miracles did not stop in the upper room. Jesus is 
He doesn't, what he is, how is it worded? Um, that which I give, I don't take back. I don't think that's quoted exactly, but that's what it's saying. Verse 16, many brethren, this scripture must need have been fulfilled, filled with the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had ordained part of his ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. In other words, Judas that betrayed Jesus killed himself. And it was known, known at all the dwellers at Jerusalem in so much that field is called in their proper name, Acledama, I think that's it. That is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. In other words, his authority, his position. Wherefore, these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So what they're saying is, Judas killed himself, and so we need to replace him. And they appointed two. Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justus and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, and that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go into his own place. So they're in the process of replacing one of the disciples. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Chapter 2. Let me look over here and let's see. Okay, I'm not very good at this. Let's see. Okay, well, I'm trying to read this, but some of them I'm not catching. You've got to re, you've got to refer to not the verse. I don't want to go back and read the verse, but kind of type in. Okay, you said this. What what did you mean, or something like that, so I can read it quickly. Uh, okay, all right. For example, this guy here that does not even put his name up says, "I see you're not about what the revelation of Jesus Christ says." Yeah, you're right. We don't have anything to do with the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's not paying attention. Whatever deed you're watching. <laughs> okay, missed the whole point. All right. People that know the Bible, so good. Hit that like a button, I think they're saying. You know... See, this, let me just show you. This is the heart, sad to say, of many Christians. This is one of the reasons I don't open up comments on Prophecy Club. Because people like this, this guy, the Bible group, all he's done is attack us the whole time. Revelation twenty two fourteen proves you wrong. Okay, well, I'm not going to take the time to go in and answer all of that. I've got other things to do here. Okay, I need, how, how, there's a way to delete this guy. Let's see. How do we? How do? How do I delete him? There is a way, right? Hide. Okay, Mister Bible Group, uh, you ain't coming on no more. <laughs> Here's my point. 
Here's another one. All he's doing is just attack, 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 attack. By this, you will know if they are my disciples, if they have love one for another. So Bible group, you don't have love one for another, so you're not one of his disciples. Okay. Uh, and I'm not going to. If there's a way I can figure out how to delete this guy called, here we go. Block user. There you go. Mr. Bible group just got blocked. Yeah, see, he, he just he stirs up trouble. Okay, now let's go on and read the Bible here. Enough of that. Okay, chapter two. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And I look forward to the time when these, remember the Lord told me uh, August the 5th of 2015, was a Saturday night. I've said it many times. I said, Lord, what do you want to say for the sermon tomorrow? And I heard words. I said, this is the time of miracles. As the judgment hits, so will my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You tell them, I will never leave them nor forsake them. I'm going to meet the devil inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything the devil does. Like, for example, when the devil comes out with his Ten Commandments, God is going to come out with the Ark of the Covenant and show people his real Ten Commandments written into red granite in ancient Hebrew with his finger. And Ron Wyatt told me when he found them, he said nothing on this earth could recreate those Ten Commandments. He said, when you see them, there will be no question that this is written by the finger of God. And I said, what do you mean by the finger of God? He said, all right. He said, if you were to take a pan with warm butter in it, where the warm butter is nice and smooth, and if you were to just write, just like you sign your check, just in, like in cursive writing, he said, that's the way they look. In other words, when it goes up and then it comes back down, there would be a little, little ridge there. When you cross the T, at the end of the T, there would be a little ridge there. When you dot the I, there's, in other words, it's, it's written literally with the finger of God, like that finger is like a hot poker that is melting the red granite that is made into. And you can see the finger of God wrote those Ten Commandments. So that's what he's going to do. He's going to meet him. And, and I look forward to the time when I don't think it's double portion. I think it's sevenfold miracles. We have two different people, the Lord said, that it's going to be sevenfold miracles, seven times greater than anyone has ever seen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. There suddenly came a sound from heaven as, a, as rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Speaking of that, let me turn the fan on in this room. Uh, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. It says they're all filled with the devil, right? It doesn't say that. But see, there's a lot of people that want to make the Bible say what they want it to say, not what it really says. 
He doesn't say they're all filled with the devil. It says they're all filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues. So people that don't believe that or their heart's not right, I mean, it's, it's between them, God, what he's going to do. I can tell you that the first time I was prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, my heart was not right. And I did not receive it. <coughs> it was not until years later they got my life cleaned up. Then when I had these three ladies pray for me, when I'd done my research and I'd found out that it absolutely positively is the Bible, it's true, and I want it. And when they laid hands on me, uh, I got it. I don't know, maybe, maybe I should tell the story. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And I've got to click on that. Okay. And when it was noise abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? In other words, they could detect that they had a northern accent. They hadn't come to Texas where they could learn to speak properly yet. <laughs> How we hear every man his own language where we were born. So they were hearing people speak in a lot of, matter of fact, I think I've counted it up and there's like 18 different languages there, yet they could all hear them. In other words, like one lady from our congregation was down in, uh, mm -hmm, I forget the name of it. It wasn't Honduras. It was another one of those South American countries. And she was walking down the street and someone came up to her speaking in Spanish. And She's, I, I don't know Spanish. You know, I don't know, I don't know anything. But she says she heard the Lord in her heart say, start speaking in tongues. So she started speaking in tongues, and this lady answered her, and they carried on conversation back and forth. And she doesn't know Spanish, but the Lord interpreted. I'll tell you another example. Dimitri Dudeman showed up to speak at a group of Germans one evening. He had told them, Now, you know, I don't speak German, so you're gonna have to have someone there to translate it from me speaking in Romanian to the people there hearing it in German. Well, he showed up. There was not an interpreter. So he got up and he gave his testimony, which is about an hour long. And after he was done with his testimony, somebody walked up and asked him a question in German. He said, I don't understand German. He said, what are you talking about? You've been talking for the last hour in perfect German. That's what they're talking about here. They were all amazed and marveled saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear every man in his own tongue wherein we were born, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers, dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Pergia and Pamphylia in Egypt and all the parts of Libya and Cyrene and strangers in Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, This mean these men are full of new wine. Now, what time was it? It's like about nine o'clock in the morning. They weren't full of new wine, they were full of the Holy Ghost. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You mean of Galilee, and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, as in like six o'clock in the morning. 
But this is that which was, excuse me, about nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it came to pass in these last days, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun should be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, in my opinion, uh, he kind of jumped a little bit ahead of himself here because this happens at the very end. But see, they were thinking that this was the end. They were thinking that Jesus is now going to come into his kingdom. And so if that's what Jesus was about to do, this would have been correct. But they didn't understand. No, no, no. <laughs> you got the church age. You got 2,000 years yet coming. 22. You mean of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Let me make sure this is doing it right. Okay. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice. And my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, and thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me speak free, freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus has raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being at the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which we now see and hear. For David is not ascended into heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make my foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Those four words are the four words every one of us wants to hear. In the time of trouble, when God has slapped America pretty hard, hopefully sometime before her total destruction, and people realize that, okay, I made a mistake. There's not going to be a pre-trib rapture. I made a mistake. Uh, yes, I do need to get back in church. Yes, I do need to get my life cleaned up. And to a lot of them, I need to receive Jesus. I need to walk away from these, these other false gods. Hopefully, we'll all get to hear people say, what shall I do? 
What must I do to be saved? What must I do to receive Jesus? What should we do? Then Peter said, and then repent to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or the washing away of your sins. And you should receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, notice where it says, and to all that are far off. That's telling you right there. They're not, Jesus was not talking to just the 12 disciples. They weren't going to just minister during the, the lifetime of the 12 disciples. This was going to go afar off. So the miracles didn't just stop in the upper room, nor the gospel didn't stop in the upper room. It's still going today. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I think the day is going to come, like right now it takes about 100 Christians to win one person to the Lord. I think the day is going to come when one Christian will win a hundred souls to the Lord. One of these days, even Americans are going to start looking for Jesus. I know that's hard to believe, but that day is coming, and I rejoice for that day. I don't want to see the trouble come, but unfortunately, it's the trouble that's going to remove the blinders, remove the pride, so that they can see, yes, they do need a God, and Jesus is God. <clears throat> and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking bread and in their prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So what does it take to get the signs done by the apostles? Well, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. For us, that would be the Bible, like we're doing right now. Breaking bread, prayers, and... Wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and fear came upon every soul. See, most of the people in America, even the American Christians, they don't have a fear of God. They're not afraid. But the Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And I ask someone one, matter of fact, I'll ask you, are you afraid of God? I asked that of one person. He said, well, I mean, I, I certainly have a health, healthy respect for him. Um, <laughs> I have respect, but it's a whole lot further than that. I am afraid of God. And uh, hang on. I keep getting these spam calls on my, on my, on my phone. Anyway. I'm afraid of God. I remember Dimitri... One time we were getting out of the car. I remember it was Las Vegas. Stani, you smoke. No, I don't smoke. Come on, Stani, I know you smoke. He was teasing me. He knew I didn't smoke. A lot of times, people that are, how do I say this without sounding condescending? Um, People that aren't called in ministry, that maybe don't have a, a website, maybe they don't have a, a church, maybe they're not they're not ordained, and you know they're just how do I say, just normal people. They aren't held to the account like someone like Dimitri and people like him. And I can tell you the way it is with me and Leslie. If I do anything wrong, 
I hear about it. I hear about it right then, right there. And sometimes it is very harsh. And I'm not talking about just words. I could give you specific examples, but frankly, it's too embarrassing <laughs> because I've made mistakes. And that's the reason I'm, I'm afraid of God. I didn't say a healthy, healthy respect. I do, but I'm afraid. I am afraid of God. I know exactly, if I do something wrong, I know exactly what he's going to do. And it's going to be something I don't like. It'll be something very, he can be very, very harsh. Remember in the scriptures, it says that he is a, a hard task master. I'll assure you who he is. He sure he is. Okay, anyway. Then the glad who received the word were baptized the same day, were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly. I read that. Uh, okay, let's go down to 44. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Now, in America, that's not our call. I know what happened when our forefathers come over on the Mayflower. They got off the Mayflower and they decided they were going to do the same thing. And they decided they were going to have all things common. Well, that winter, there was many of them that froze to death. So they came out the next year and they said, okay. No one is going to share any food. If you want to eat in the winter, plant in the spring. You grow your own crops. You raise your own animals. You be responsible for yourself. And the harvest was so bounty that they decided to thank God for it. And that's where Thanksgiving came from. So in America, we're not called to have all things common, but that's what they did here. That all believed were together and had all things common. And they sold the possessions and good and parted them to all men as every man had need. That's not what we do in America, though. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking, breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people and all the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Chapter 3. All right, now, let's see if I've got any anything I need to see out here. Maybe all this is just kind of to each other. Okay. Let's go on. I don't see anything that really pertains to us here. Now, Peter and John went up to together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom then lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. In other words, kind of like you see the people beside the street that says, we'll work for food. Yeah, that's kind of what they're talking about here. Ask alms. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. So he's just facing down. He says, look at us, look at us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I've heard it said that a lot of people in wheelchairs, a lot of people that have all these disabilities don't want 
to come out of the wheelchair. They don't want to get out of the, the disabilities. And people say because they like being taken care of, they actually they become used to it and they're afraid if they were to lose their disability. Uh, you know, we can understand that. That's what I've heard. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Immediately, his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with him into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. Now, why did this happen? There were miracles while Jesus was on the ground. But after he left, the miracles are still there. Why? Because they are miracles, signs, and wonders following, confirming the word. So what God is doing is confirming to all the people there that, yes, the, the message of Jesus that Peter, Paul, and all these other guys, the 12 disciples are preaching is, in fact, true. And I look forward to the time when, I mean, I would love to have it where we have, say, five or six gods, you know, people, okay, we have, and I'm not going to say the name of the God, but another God here, another God, people that worship these different gods, and then have a row of people in wheelchairs or people that are lame or sick or something like that, and just say, okay, he wants to be the first one to get them out of the wheelchairs. And then, of course, let the, all the false gods pray for them, and then, okay, now, let's talk about the name of Jesus. The one that can get him out of the wheelchair, let him be God. And then someone prays for him that has the, the faith and strength and gets all of the people out of the wheelchairs. Those kind of days may be coming and they might not be too far away. And the lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John. All the people ran together into them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, you men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and kill the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name hath now made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before has showed by the mouth of his prophets that God should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing, in other words, when we get our glorified body, the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before him preached unto you, unto the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. 
And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not fear the prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Obviously, he's talking about Jesus. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant, which God made with their fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. And to you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away from every one of you his iniquities. Now let's jump to chapter 4. Okay. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now evening time. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of them, the men, was about 5,000. Okay, so you got this. About 5,000 people are listening to the gospel, but they don't like it. So they arrest some of the disciples. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Ananias the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, as many as were with the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined, in other words, they're about to be beat, they were examined, they weren't just asking questions. Most of the time, examined I mean <laughs> they'd ask you a question, you didn't answer the right answer, they beat you. If we this day be examined of the good deed to the impotent man, by what, mean, by what means he is made whole? Be it known to all, to all the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which had become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. At verse 12, that is a memory verse. Everybody ought to know that one. Neither is there salvation under any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, in other words, they weren't schooled like the priests were, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Okay, you know, proof is in the pudding. They knew that this guy sat at the gate. He's been begging for years. Now he's up walking around. What do you do with that? But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, all right, all right, guys. What shall we do with these men? For that indeed is a notable miracle that hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and they cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in, in this name. They were threatened by Jesus when he was on the earth. Now they are threatened by Jesus after he's ascended up because they didn't want their power taken. In the kingdom of heaven, we put everyone else first. 
But when the devil's into it, we always try to put ourselves first. And these were leaders of the people, and they wanted to continue to be leaders of the people. So that means putting down people and doing it their way. Sounds like a lot of leadership in Washington today, doesn't it? And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went under their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Okay, now, what's that talking about? Okay, well, let me tell you where that comes from. So let me jump there right quick. Oh, say, I think that's PSA 2. Out of the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands, and there's their Ten Commandments. Let's break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, and the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall they speak in them his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. So that's where it comes from. And after I jumped over to Psalms, I realized, oops, I didn't exactly know where I was. So now I'm going to have to do a little. Maybe somebody can tell me where I was here. I think I, think I was in Acts uh, chapter 4. Oh, no. Hang on. Someone from Sweden. Wow. Welcome from Sweden. Okay, here we go. I think it's 23. And being let go, they went into their own company, reported all the chief priests and the elders had said in them. When they had heard that, they lifted up the voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and the earth. And we read that. I'm going to go ahead and read it. And to see in all that, is, that, that, is, that in them is. And by the way, that's also found in, in Revelation where it says, and um, let's see, how's it worded? May heaven and the things that therein are on the earth and the things that therein are on the sea and the things that are therein. And when they heard that, they lifted their voice with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the, worth of, by the mouth of the servant David has said, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against the holy child of Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, 
Lord, behold their threatenings and the grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that they may speak the word. So they were threatened by the council. Now they're praying, Lord, give us strength. By stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they're all filled with the Holy Ghost and they, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now, wait a minute. See, the church I grew up in, all that miracle stuff, that stopped with the people in the, in the upper room. But that was Acts chapter 2. Now, here we are in Acts chapter 4, sometime later, and it's still happening. Verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that God of the things that who is possessed of his own. But they had all things common. With a great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as his, he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, Acts chapter 5. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remains, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So I think it's saying, if Ananias had said, no, I'm not going to sell all of my land, would have been okay if he hadn't agreed to it, or if he had sold all of his land, decided he was going to keep packing back part of it, and then go in and say, okay, this is the part I'm going to give. It's not all of it, but if he had been honest about it, it's not, this is the part that I'm going to give, probably there was no problem. But when he said this is all of it, and it wasn't all of it, it's lying to the Holy Ghost. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave it the ghost in great fear, came upon all them that heard these things. And the young man arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the same space of three hours. It was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me, whether you sold the land for so much? And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Now, none of us <laughs> want to think that kind of judgment is coming upon people. But if there's a time coming when God is going to bring miracles greater than anyone has seen all the way back to Adam and Eve, 
those kind of things might also start happening. So just, just be sure and do your things right. That's the word there. All right, Acts 5.12. By the hands of these apostles, many, were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, durst no man joined himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were the more added to the, to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing might overshadow some of them. Great miracles. Can you imagine seven times miracles, miracles greater than this are happening? I'm impressed to tell you, Vicky Goforth Parnell had a dream. And the angel came to her in a dream and showed her nuclear bombs landing all across America. And of course, all the lights went out. And it said, what do you see? She says, I see total darkness. I said, keep watching. Then she, she saw a little light pop up here, light pop up there, light pop up there. And then next one, next one, next one, next one. Lights start popping up all over. Do you know what that is? No. Those are people getting saved after the bombs have hit. It's sad that in America, most people don't want to hear about the gospel. And it's also sad that a lot of times I think they don't want to hear about the gospel because there's been preachers on TV saying, give me money, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me so much. You know, if you walk around your Mercedes three times, you can own it, you know, stuff that's not of God. So I think that, I think Jesus has a bad reputation. The Bible and the church have a bad reputation among those that have decided not to receive Jesus. Most people in America, I, I'm going to say very few people in America have grown up here and did not ever hear of Jesus or did not ever hear of the opportunity to receive Jesus. But there's a time coming when the judgment hits, a lot of people are going to start turning to Jesus. And I want to be there. I know you want to be there. And we want to win a lot of people to the Lord. <coughs> Verse 16. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed, every one. That is coming to America in big time. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation and laid their hands on their apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all descended of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the prisoner, but when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, 
we found no man within. Now, when the high priest and the captain of the temple of the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. In other words, if this gets out, that these people escaped from prison that are here standing beside us preaching the gospel, that's going to make the gospel grow even more. There's going to be miracles like we've never seen. And there's going to be a lot of people one to the Lord in the days ahead. <laughs> Which, by the way, I guess it should say, I encourage you to get signed up for the Watchman's Conference. This is coming up September 15 and 16. Go to prophecyclub.com. I know you're going to say, yeah, but that's, that's not easy. You're right. It's not easy to have earned the right in the eyes of God. It's not easy to have earned the right in the eyes of pastors, especially scared-to-death pastors, especially pastors that the only thing they've learned is a pre-trib rapture, to be able to invite a stranger in to teach their flock about the last days. But I believe that there's a time coming when we are going to be getting so many phone calls at Prophecy Club, please, 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 someone, someone, send me some. Can you recommend someone to come out and teach us about what is happening? We've got to get caught up here. I want to have a list of people that I can send, people that really do know it, that's not going there for their own agenda, but they're going there to really teach the gospel and also the last day's message. So at the Watchman's Conference, now, Watchman Level 1, which is a year ago, I asked everybody to write out the book of Revelation. Didn't have to, but I asked them to, and I think most people did. I'm sure that helped them a lot. But now for Level 2, we're going to Level 2. It's not the same thing. Now I'm asking you to bring that spiral ring notebook. Looks like this. Got mine right here. This is where I wrote out the book of Revelation. You can see it. I really did. I wrote it out. I really memorized it. I really did. But I'm also asking you to memorize the 13th chapter of Revelation. It's not that hard. Okay. I John saw it upon the stood upon the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads. It's not that hard. You can get it. You don't have to get it that good, but you can get it. And I'm going to teach you how to talk to a pastor how to handle yourself when you're going to a church, kind of some do's and do nots going into a church, because, you know, I've been invited thousands of churches to speak, and I certainly know not. Um, in my 40 years of Bible prophecy, I think I've been invited to speak, I don't know, six, eight, somewhere in there, not even 10 churches. They don't want Stan Johnson and they certainly don't want me telling their flock that there's not going to be a pre-trib rapture. They don't want to know the truth. They want the gospel they want, not the Bible. But the time is going to come when they're going to be calling left and right. September the 30th of 1994, Kevin Fundervest Hughes prophesied this to me and Leslie. He said, the time is going to come when people will come and repent before you and say, surely I do not understand what God was doing. But now I see. And now I understand. He said, your greatest critics will become your biggest supporters. There's going to be a, a time when people are going to see what Dimitri was told is correct. 
that there's, and also the, what I've been saying is correct. There's not a pre-trib, there's not a mid-trib rapture. No one is getting to escape testing. Everybody has to be tested. He gives to every man according as his work shall be. So you, if you if you don't get tested, you don't get any rewards. Does that make sense? Okay. In level two, I'm going to take it to new levels because I want to have it by the time you get through level two in a time of great requests, I could start sending level two people out. But then we're going to have level three. And about a year later, I'm going to tell you right now, here's the assignment for level three, that you memorize the book of Revelation. Oh, I could never do that. Oh, yes, you can. Because you don't store it on your hard drive. You store it on his hard drive. Okay? He will. And I'll tell you this, it's not easy. I mean, it took me six months to learn it and then took me another six months to learn, to learn it at a different level. And I still go through and refresh my memory on it now all the time. But when you can say to a pastor, I've memorized the book of Revelation, they will say, okay, come on in and speak to my to, to my flock. So I encourage you to go to prophecyclub.com. Just said that off the top of my head. You get signed up for level two. Okay, let's see, where were we? Then came one of them and told him, saying, behold, here's the way we would say it. You remember those two guys that we tossed into prison yesterday? Yeah. They're down in the synagogue preaching. They're out of prison. <laughs> then came one told him, saying, Behold, the men you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them out with violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. When they brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly command that you should not teach in this name? See, we're about to see that in America. It's already happening in Canada and, and also other places. But I got an, an email. Someone was taken off of Twitter because they said, there is no other name under heaven where men might be saved. And they said, that's hate speech. They were taken off. They, they, it, 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 they deleted that particular tweet because they'd say that's hate speech. It's coming. It's coming. Or should I say it's here? Saying, did we not straightly command that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. No, they brought it upon themselves. Remember when they were saying, crucify him, crucify him. So let his blood be upon us and our children. The blood is already on them. They put it on there. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance unto Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given unto them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one of the council of Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had a reputation among the people and commanded to put the apostles forth as a little space. And said in them, you men of Israel, think, think, take heed what you're doing. Listen, think about this. Take heed to yourselves. What you intend to do is touching these men. 
For before these days rose up, Thutius boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain and all, as many as obey him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up, Judas of Galilee in the, in the days of the taxing and drew him a, a, away many people after him, he also perished in all. In other words, he's given them a couple examples of other people basically saying, if it's of God, you can't stop it. But if it's not of God, it'll die of itself. There's wisdom in that. After this man rose up, Judas of Galilee in the days of taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished in all. Even as many as obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or if this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, question, are you willing to be beaten for Jesus? Are you willing to be beaten for Jesus? Are you willing to be locked up for Jesus? Are you willing to be locked up for Jesus? Are you willing to lose your head for Jesus? Big questions. I think that probably most of you right now are saying yes to all three of those questions. But what we've got to do in that moment is just pray, Lord, give me strength. Give me strength. Help me to be victorious. And then they agreed, and when they had called the apostles, beaten them, and they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they parted from the presence of the council, rejoicing, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and every house, they seeked not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Why do you think that they were so accepted? Oh, well, because of the miracles. I'll tell you, it was also because they were willing to be beaten for the name of Jesus, that they were willing to stand up before the high priest and answer questions. Hopefully, what we're learning here is preparing us so that we won't deny his name. We'll be victorious. Okay, so we'll end there. There's chapter six, gone. Okay, so now let me let me jump over here. Let's see. The my blue eyes match my okay. So I wear blue on purpose. A it's God's color. The red dragon, red is is the dragon's color, blue is God's color. I also wear it the same color, same color shirt every day. Just like if, for example, Gilligan's Island, you know, Gilligan dressed wearing the same clothes every day, all of the episodes for years, and it's for recognition. Uh, happy Friday. Uh, okay. I'm not seeing a question. Well, hopefully. Oh, Stan, do you think the four horsemen have gone out yet? Um, I think the correct answer is I don't know. God has not, not told me that they have. Now, he's told 
Vicky Goforth Parnell, that the first five seals, the, the four horsemen are the first four seals. The first five seals are open. He's told Carrie Bennett the first four seals are open. He's told Byron Surly the first three seals are open. But he has not told me that any of them are open. Okay, it's not telling me how many comments we had tonight like it was last week. I don't know why that is. <coughs> okay, so, uh, hope you enjoyed the Bible study. It would be nice if you would leave a positive comment. <laughs> yeah, I finally got rid of the guy that was just attacking, 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 attacking. Anyway, I think it's definitely better this way. It was, I love the Bible. I love you guys. I love spending the time with you. I need the Bible study. If you don't need it, I need it. Just like this. I have to go through and refresh all of my, here, let me do this. There, maybe you can see the whole thing. Where I wrote out the book of Revelation, I refer to this often. There's times where I'll look up something in this rather than look it up on the electric, the, you know, the, the computer Bible. But uh, I would recommend you seriously consider coming to the Watchman Conference number two, level two. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy being qualified to teach the Word of God. But that's what level two is going to try to do. That's our objective. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend you join in. Let me pray for you. <clears throat> Lord, I pray for everyone that is live and everyone watch this video, even if it's years from now. I pray that you open up their eyes. Let them see the deep and secret things within your word. Let them get a, a relationship with you where when they are doing something wrong, they know about it right then, right there. When they're doing something right, when they're saying something right, that they also feel the anointing so that they can get a yes and they can get a no on anything and everything in their life. Help them to walk a closer walk with you. I ask you to speak to their heart that they should build themselves a prayer closet, a nightly or a morning time, but a daily time when they get on their knees to worship you. And that's not begging. That's not asking. That's not even praying for other people, but that's worshiping you. Praise is telling God what he does and that you love him for it. Worship is telling God who he is and that you love him for it. I pray that you speak to the heart about developing a prayer relationship with you. And the thing I can't talk about, I prayed many times, I, I just don't know how to talk about it, but you can. So I ask you to speak to their, their heart and help them to learn that you are true, you are accurate, everything you say, have said is accurate, and that they can trust you, and that they can trust you in their giving as well. Help them to discover that giving is their real income, not their job, not their husband, not their wife, not their money they've got saved up, 
but you are their income. You are their salvation. You are their everything. Help them to know and understand and to believe you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. <laughs> I like the Bible study. Okay, good. Are you making bread for us if we come? Well, I'll, I bought some jalapenos. Uh, you Northerners call them jalapenos. Or <laughs> I bought some jalapenos. And so I'm thinking I'm going to make at least one loaf of bread tomorrow, a jalapeno loaf. Um, I might make just a plain loaf, but I've got a half a half a loaf in there that I made last week. I haven't eaten as much this week, which usually, I mean, I'll just, every once in a while I kind of eat normal food. This was a normal food week. Uh, but typically my breakfast and my lunch, and of course I always have a slice before I go play racquetball, but I didn't this week, but that's a rare, rare occasion. Normally at least two of my meals every day is whole wheat bread. My, if I don't eat that, my body starts screaming at me. Where's my bread? You know, because it's, it's like my body is addicted to get that nutrition that it can't get anyplace else. <sighs> Othame, send me a picture. Email me a picture. I want to see who Othame is. She knows who I'm talking about. She sends me emails all the time. All kinds of, of good information. By the way, thank you for your emails out there. Many times your emails gives me the information to put into a program. So thank you very much. All right. So anyway, it's it's time to go, I guess. So God bless you. And we will see you next week. I know, I'm still on. It won't let me off. <laughs>